girl, hey, you've entered baddie behavior, where the breast cancer baddies come together with other survivors and thrivers to have candid conversations about life, sex, body changes, and relationships after breast cancer in a judgment-free space. All are welcome. Let's get started. This is Christina, your plus-size, flatty batty ambassador representing Latina thrivers and survivors. I'm a Seattle girl with a penchant for sarcasm, and in August 2019, I was rudely diagnosed with stage 2B invasive ductal carcinoma at the age of 36. Are you ready to get started? Let's do this thing. Hey, y'all. My name is Miranda, and I am one of the OG Batty Ambassadors with For the Breast of Us. us. I was diagnosed in 2016 with stage 3 hormone-positive breast cancer. I live in Houston, Texas, and I am a stay-at-home mom with a family of five. I have used my breast cancer diagnosis to motivate me and propel me into volunteering more with the breast cancer community. I love connecting women with each other and resources just to help make their lives a little bit easier. Hey everybody, my name is Christina. Um, I'm a breast cancer thriver and survivor. And I'm here with Miranda, Jess, and Mariah, who are also survivors. And today we are discussing all things sex, intimacy, dating, our broken vaginas after a cancer diagnosis and treatment. We'll also talk about the latest episode of Batty to Batty and some of the tips that sexologist Goody Howard suggested. And um, so if you haven't listened to that one, I do suggest you hit pause, go listen. It is something else and come on back here and jump into the conversation with us. So We're going to jump right in and introduce ourselves really quickly so you know who is here. Um, I'll start. Um, I'm, as I said, I'm Christina and I'm from Seattle. I have been married for eight years um, and I've been with my husband for 10 years total. I was diagnosed in 2019 and my vagina has been broken for about two years now. Mm -hmm. Maybe a little bit more. When I, it was when I started my hormone therapy that things really, really took a turn down there. So um, that's a little bit about me. And um, so Jess, do you want to go next? Sure. Yeah. This is the podcast that also talk about everything, not sex, right? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> just, just checking. You know? Yeah, it's true. Um, it's true. I'm Jess. I'm from LA. Uh, I'm currently in a long-term relationship. Uh, I was diagnosed in 2020, so my vagina has been broken since then because nothing breaks it faster than finding out you have cancer. That's the truth, girl. Yeah. Mental and physical. So broken. Yeah. Mariah. I'm Mariah. I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. I'm 29 and I got diagnosed with breast cancer at the age of 26 when I was living in Amsterdam, getting my master's degree. 
um, and that was in 2018. I would say my vagina has been broken since I started the tamoxifen, which will be three years this March. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Miranda, my girl. So I'm actually coming to you from my boudoir where the magic does not happen. Similar <laughs> <laughs> to you ladies. Um, I actually was diagnosed in 2016. I had my ovaries removed in 2019. So about two or three years now, I guess that, um, you know, I've had sexual issues. Fun fact, I actually wrote one of the very first blogs that was on for the Breast of Us website, and it was aptly called My Broken Vagina. Uh, I think we all have this notion that, you know, we're going to be done with treatment. Things are just going to kind of go back to normal, right? And doctors Mm -hmm. don't mention to you that, hey, you might want to think about, you know, egg preservation or Mm -hmm. have you talked to, you know, someone, let me give you some um, pelvic floor therapists or, you know, all that good stuff, right? So I think just out of sheer frustration, uh, just sitting one day, I think, you know, I just wrote everything that came to mind. Um, I was really surprised that there were so many other women mm-hmm. who had the same exact problems. And why are these not being dealt with? Why are we not talking about them? Why are doctors not warning us? I think for a lot of women, it would make a difference in your treatment plan, you know, yeah. or what you decide to do afterwards. So, yeah, that's why. Well, yeah. Why, why isn't it part of our treatment plan? And I know Goody talked about that a little bit in the podcast, the Baddie to Baddie podcast. About how- she sure did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, about I watched that. that earlier today, and I was like, "Wow." Yeah, <laughs> no, right? It's true, though. You no, know, this is the part nobody talks about, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so, and I mean, I there's so many reasons why, but um, yeah, I think we need to be talking about it. What I think is interesting about the four of us is that we're all coming from different places. So we have, um, you know, women who are single who are not single. So I'm curious to know just because I am long-term, I have been married long-term, I'm curious to know how does that affect someone who is single or who is dating and not married? So if you ladies don't mind, I'd like to get a little bit of background on your personal story. Um, like Mariah, like where where are you at in your sexual relationship kind of aspect of life? Well, currently I am, I would like to call myself the queen of self-pleasure. Oh, yes. I yeah. mostly on masturbation. I am not in any relationships right now with being diagnosed in 2018 and coming home and having to do chemo and surgeries and living with my mom and then COVID on top of that. And I was already single during all this time. And I finally moved on my own recently. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I want to take right now and focus on myself and figure out what I like before I bring somebody else into it. Because if I can't express to someone what I like, Mm -hmm then there's no point at that point. And I need to know what I like in order to do so. So Absolutely. I'm all about that. Like I'm the type of person who will go out and eat dinner with friends and have an event go to and everything like that. And then take my ass home and take care of myself. <laughs> <laughs> because at the end of the day, I know what I like. Yeah. 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 I'm so a, I am. very impressed. I haven't gotten that far. <laughs> <laughs> You're inspiring me. I'm a little bit older than the rest of y'all, and I'm actually still working at that point. So, yes, Mariah, we might have to have a talk after this is all done, you know? <laughs> Works for me. You'll be good um, at the tips and tricks later. <laughs> what about you, Jess? How does, like, where, where are you at in your sexual Yeah. Body? Well, I think I might be the oldest one. I actually turned 45. So, <gasps> yeah. I know. 
I know. So I was diagnosed at 43. So technically not a young adult or AYA with cancer, but I felt like it. I yeah. feel like a young adult, you know, um, I would say my vagina has been declining pretty steadily since about <laughs> after 35. <laughs> I've, it's just true. You know, it's just the honest truth. Mm -hmm. I'm not the queen of self-pleasure. I'm just like the dream about it. And then really would just rather sleep kind of person. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then, so to have cancer happen, it just killed that. Right. I've happily been in a long-term relationship for 10 years with uh, my partner and mm -hmm. it's, he's a male, cisgender male. And he, he has been so great and supportive and loving. It's the best thing possible. We're the closest and most permanent we can be without the legal thing of marriage. Mm -hmm. But the truth is he's seen me through my weakest. Mm -hmm. And sometimes yeah. all I can see is that reflected back when I look <sighs> at him. And that's the hardest part, you know, yeah. is the changes that we went through together, which again is so awesome. Strengthen our relationships, inspirational, blah, 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 blah. Right. <laughs> right. But we all know it really means a ton of other things, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. we don't, we have not connected at all sexually, maybe intimacy, sure. But the regular sexually kind of way, it hasn't been the same since the diagnosis. So it's been tough. Wow. It makes me think like, do you guys think that most of this is in our heads? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I know that there is the the physical part of it, right? Like mm -hmm. my definitely when we jokingly say like my vagina is broken, like the times I've tried to have sex with my my husband, it's been painful. Like it hurts. Um, and so there is the, like that real, yeah. but also is some of it, like, you know, you're saying like, when you look at your partner, Jess, and I think that's so powerful you see your your weakness your weakest moments reflected back at you i mean it is that like in your head is it in his head like i don't mean we can't really yeah i mean we don't really know right we don't really it know, probably but... is yeah uh, i think there's that mental thing right that we are gonna probably someone's gonna talk about how we feel about our own bodies and what's mm -hmm. changed but i guess i'm referring more to more than just the mental part that's in your head which is definitely there it's like the spiritual part or the spirit mm -hmm. my energy you know, yeah. like I no longer look to that person for my sexual excitement. That person is my comfort. That yeah. person is oh, my caregiver. Yeah. That person mm -hmm. has saved me when I've been just on the ground dying through chemo, right? Yeah. So it's just so different. And that's a little bit more than just mental. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. the energy has totally changed between us and it's not his fault. It's not my fault. It just is. It's kind of like, you know, you go through this really traumatic you know, life altering huge event, and you do rely on your partner if you have one to be your caregiver. And it's hard to make that shift, right? From being like, you know, carefree and just sex everywhere on the tables. And then, you know, you're like trying to walk and this person is like wiping your butt when you go to the bathroom after surgery. Oh Lord. It's it's hard to kind of marry that, you know? And I, I think like in my circumstance, my husband is good. He will do whatever, whenever, however, like that's not the issue. The issue for us, at least is me. I think no libido, right? Once you have more, right. you're done. And I like, just like you said, just like, I think about what's going to help me sleep. Uh, probably Netflix. You know, that's like my go-to. That's <laughs> the only thing I want in bed, right? Netflix. <laughs> so it's just trying to um wait like sexy netflix or just netflix <laughs> no, like murder netflix i mean murder netflix crime drama ozark yeah horror <laughs> all that good stuff right mm -hmm. um and i don't know 
maybe um christy i don't know how you felt about this since you're you know married as well but going through treatment <clears throat> excuse me and just being like completely bald and naked like my husband was all about it like he loved oh. it he did not care he was like whatever we could do we could do and i think and i talked about this too i was so grateful because i felt so ugly or yeah. not feminine right i was just so yeah. grateful that this guy wanted to have sex with me like yes let's do it what do you want sure i'm on it let's go but yeah i think after a while especially after surgery then the caregiver aspect comes out and that's kind of yeah. i think um and i think part of it is i think it's 50 50 it's how you feel in your body and then the other 50 is in your head like mm -hmm. what are they looking are they feeling this scar what are they touching you know like even like your hormone, your chemistry is off. Do I smell different? Do I taste mm -hmm. different? You know, it's all, all these concerns just on top, on top, on top, you know? Yeah. I actually wanted to talk to um, our CEO and one of our founders, Marissa. She actually declined hormone treatment. So she has a little bit of a different um, perspective on this than we do. Hello, ladies. How are you? Hey. hey. Good. <laughs> Good to see you. Good to see you guys too. Um, yeah, I do have a different perspective from that. I kind of want to answer the questions that you guys had before. So I'm from yeah. Seattle. I'm originally in Georgia though. I'm in Atlanta right now. Um, my relationship status, I am actually dating somebody right now. Um, mm -hmm. And <laughs> he's, he's very sexy, y'all. Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, I was diagnosed in 2015. Like Miranda said, I actually declined to have um, hormone treatment. And the reason for that is because um, my breast cancer was about 15% ER positive. And usually if you are hormone positive, it's over 50%. So they treated me as though I was triple negative, mm -hmm. um, but still wanted me to go on tamoxifen. And oh. so after doing some research and I really just wanted my quality of life back, I said no. I didn't want to go and beyond, you know, hormonal treatments and the rate of reoccurrence was really small too for me. And I was just like, no, I'm done. I'm over it. Mm -hmm. So I decided not to. So when I was in chemo, um, I was of course thrown into menopause. They also suppressed my ovaries with an injection just because I was 35 at the time and not sure if I wanted to have any more kids or not. Mm -hmm. um, so with the caveat of that, my uh, menstrual cycles would return um, and they did about a year and a half after treatment, but I was thrown into menopause and I was just like, I don't want this life. <laughs> like, I don't know what this is. Yeah. I can like, I got hot flashes really bad. I had no sex drive at all. So I completely understand what you guys are talking about. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like I was saying before, when we were having a conversation before I said, you know, now I kind of have a robust <laughs> sex life. And we all went, yeah. oh, lucky. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, but I still have some, like, I have some lingering effects of being in menopause. Like, I still at night get really hot. Um, I have, like, the body issues or whatever because, you know, my breast where I had the lumpectomy at, it's a little deformed. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I would say I definitely still have the sex drive. So like when some women, when they, you know, haven't been through menopause or whatever, and they're like, oh, after you turn 40, like your sex drive just goes like through the roof. I still have that. 
Um, but sometimes, you know, I definitely have to use lube. Like Goody had said, Goody said, everybody should probably be using lube. Like, yeah, right? like a little bread. dispenser by your bed, like yes. an automatic dispenser. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I'm definitely going to get one of those. That's just like, like, <laughs> yeah. Like, that decor. Amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> when your parents come visit and they're like, what's that? Lotion. <laughs> Lotion. Mom, don't use it. Mom, don't use it. Right. <laughs> Um, so I know that there are some women out there who have been di diagnosed with breast cancer um, and they still, you know, are able to have sex. But it's also interesting to find out, even though they may still have the sex drive, there's still other things that may be preventing them from, you know, having, you know, enjoyable sex. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. You talking about, you know, hitting your 40s and your sex drive going, I'm about, I'm going to turn 40 next year. And I was... Um, complaining to my husband that this was supposed to be my turn. Like he got to have his like sex drive be bananas. And now he's sort of starting, you know, it's kind of calmed down and whatever, mm -hmm. but I'm supposed to have my cake. Right. Yeah. So. I know when I, you know, I, I mean, of course, I'm sure you guys probably did too. Like I really enjoyed sex beforehand. Like, and then, yeah. so when to be thrown into the spot of going into menopause and not having any sex drive, I remember my best friend being like, oh my God, like, who are you now? Right. Like, <laughs> you're not horny anymore. There's like nothing. I'm like, what is that? Like, I don't want anybody to touch me. Nope. Like, just leave me alone. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, so it's interesting yeah. to hear everybody's perspective on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's good to know there's hope <laughs> for us. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I do think, I do think some of it is mental, you know, yeah. there definitely is like that physical and, you know, intimacy part, but I do think some of it's mental. And I like some of the things that Goody had said on the baddie to baddie podcast mm -hmm. is like, their sensuality and their sexuality, and they're not yeah. necessarily the two. Mm -hmm. And I think yeah. if we had sex therapists, you know, part of our care team, like that would help because I think once you have somebody that like touches that sensual side of you, then it's easier. Mm -hmm. You know, I think yeah. it doesn't matter where you are relationship wise. I think if you're married, if you're single, if you're in a long term relationship, because cancer takes so much away from you, you still have to get back to that sensual side of you. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be the one to say it. The reason we probably don't have sex therapy and we don't talk about it is because of the patriarchy. Oh yeah. So I'm just going to yeah. be the one to say it. We're not <laughs> supposed to, in, we're not supposed to have sexual agency as women, nope. right? Why, yeah. why would we bother caring? I mean, that's kind of the impression that I always got was like, that's just not the important part. Mm -hmm. And then we'd have to make sure who the sexual therapists are at that point. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. You couldn't just have anybody. Yeah. Right. And it feels scary. Like, how, like I'm going to be unloading, you know, all my intimate thoughts and, you know, concerns to this person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, Mariah, I'm curious because hearing Marissa kind of talking about, um, you know, going into menopause, not having that pleasure or not having the libido and you're on tamoxifen. And so I'm wondering, cause you're, you're the self pleasure queen. Like, did it <laughs> time for you to get to that point? Um, so with that, I shouldn't have said I was a self-pleasure queen like that because now it's just going to be the same. <laughs> but, but I want to be a queen too. We're all queens. That's true. There you go. Mm -hmm. That's true, girl. It, my libido comes in waves. 
So there are many weeks where I don't even think about that. Like, I don't think about anything sexual. I just want to sleep at night. But then there are times where that's all I want to think about. And I'm super horny and I want to masturbate for two hours. Like there's, and then there's happy medium sometimes overall. Mm -hmm. Um, So with Tamoxifen makes it to where like, I take it at night, which that's when most of like, quote unquote, the magic would happen with people. And I'm already hot and bothered from tamoxifen. I don't want to have to deal with it then with someone else. And I will say y'all made a good point with the mental aspect of sex and masturbation and sensuality and everything like that. I think I have so much sex with myself because I'm not ready to have sex with someone else. Because... I'm not, I know that when I touch my breasts, I have no sensation. I don't know if I'm ready for whatever partner, whoever I have as a partner and putting that in my head. So a lot of you all had partners when you were going through your treatment. I lived Mm -hmm. with my mom Mm -hmm. and I had friends. And that's what I love more than anything is like having friends and having good connections. Mm -hmm. So when people talk about having partners, I don't see the partner aspect of it, because I'm like, I didn't need one when I was going through it. It's going to be hard because I'm like, hey, you weren't here when I went through it one time. I hope it doesn't happen again. But are you ready if that happens? Uh And that just Mm -hmm. backs up more and more issues with it. Mm -hmm. So I decided to take the route of learning what I like for myself sensually and what Mm -hmm. brings me pleasure, not just in a sexual aspect, but food and traveling and Uh, boudoir pictures and modeling things like that what brings me happiness and then if I want to masturbate that night I will but if I didn't I'm still getting pleasure somewhere else wow yeah those are good points yeah that's really powerful yeah even with a partner I would say like I I don't have any sensation in my breast either so like we can like be starting everything get in the mood as soon as she touches me it's like this mind fuck right because it's like don't touch that I can't feel it. It's like, I mean, I hate to say the word trigger, but it's like, you know, then it brings everything back. Like, oh, I can't feel that because my surgery and, you know, he wants to do this. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, or not, that's still, that's still very strange. Um, hmm. But I had a question actually for Christina, because we have all had either lumpectomies or reconstruction and Christina mm-hmm. is actually flat. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious um, how what, what kind of conversation did you have with your husband? And then what impact do you think that has um, on like the mental aspect of your sex life? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I am flat. Um, I'm also plus size. So, and I, I have been like, that part wasn't new. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but I wasn't um, flat on purpose. I actually wanted reconstruction. Um, and part of it was, for sexual reasons. Yeah. Um, you know, it just was, it was hard for me to imagine what foreplay would look like, what, um, intimacy would look like without my breasts. Um, and you know, you never want to say, well, again, here we go with the patriarchy, but you know, it feels weird telling your doctor, like, I want to keep my boobs for sex like that. It's, it's like people, think you shouldn't care about that. You should just be happy to be alive. Right. right. Yep. Yeah, right. But you know what? I told my doctor that Yeah. I was just like, because I, you know, part of my breast is, you know, 
it's really hard. I have that dense uh, fatty tissue or whatever it's called. And so I'm like, look, you got to do something about this because like, I'm going to start dating people. And how am I going to explain that I have this hard part in my breast? Like I want to have sex with people. I want people to like, I want them to enjoy it. I want to enjoy it. Yeah. So, yeah, so I do it, but it just, I think, especially coming from the Latina background that I come from, like, we do not talk about, like, sex is not a priority. It's not something we talk about. So it felt very strange, but in my mind, I knew I wanted to keep my breasts. And I tried, we, I had a um, bilateral um, mastectomy um, with um, expanders put in, and I tried to do nipple sparing even. I wish I hadn't done that part, but that's a whole nother story. And then I got um, infections. I got four different infections that we slowly had to like whittle away at my body um, and ended up with um, a flat, not even just flat, but like concave. (laughs) And um, so I think I also have, and and there's probably other people like this out there, the, the kind of mind fuck is what I like to call it of like in wanting to keep my breasts and not being able to over the course of like eight months while my caretaker cleaned open wounds. Like I had, I had, they had to leave my one side open uh-huh. and we would have to clean it, pack it and bandage it, bandage it. I had necrosis. He had to clean it two times a day. He had to, um, and it, it was, if you, if anybody out there's had necrosis and had to put that cream on, it looks like you're, we call them my melting nipples. Yeah, we're laughing. We were crying, so we just tried to keep laughing. Right. Um, and so that is that alone, even without having breasts, was for him and I really like Jess. When you talk about like I, I see those moments in my partner. Like you know, I do too. Um, and him and I talk a lot about how we both are traumatized and it's okay for him to be traumatized. That was Mm -hmm. traumatic. Um, Mm -hmm. But also I've gained 30 pounds on my hormone therapy. So I was plus size. Now I'm even bigger than I used to be. Mm -hmm. And my body doesn't feel like my own. I don't have my breasts. I don't have, my body is built differently than it used to be. And Mm -hmm. so I don't even know how to have foreplay. I don't, I, I don't, the, the times we've tried to have sex, since all of this has just often ended in tears mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's, and it's nobody's fault. It's just, we're, we're a lot in our heads, but we're also in our trauma. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, like everything that I've known about my body, he's known about my body mm-hmm. is like gone. Yeah. So, and it's hard as a woman to not kind of self blame. Cause I think, again, I think we're kind of conditioned to do that. And then he feels guilty, right? So it's this like cycle of, you know, I feel bad that I can't, you know, we, we haven't had real true sex for a couple of years now. And, you know, we've, we've had intimate moments, but it just hasn't really happened. And I, so I feel guilty. And then he feels guilty that I feel guilty. And then we're both in our heads. And then nobody's having fun. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Do, you, do yeah. you mind me asking, like, do you guys ever try non? penetrative sex yeah. like that's why i say we've we've had like times of pleasure and sensuality mm-hmm. okay um but um it's, do you, but do you have have, do you want to have penetrative sex like are you eventually 
Yeah. We're both, I mean, to my husband's credit, like he's in this with me. Like he's not, this yeah. isn't like a pressure to do anything. Um, yeah. And, but eventually I think we would, or I know, I, I know we would, we both would. Um, but we, but also I don't have a libido. Mm -hmm. And so I, I find it hard to find time to mm -hmm. like want to have sex. And he's scared to ask me because he doesn't want me to feel pressured. Yep. We're in oh, a very, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to let you guys finish this conversation because I don't want to take up all of the time, but I'm glad that I can at least bring my perspective. Yeah, but thank you, Marissa. Yes. Thank you. I can't wait to hear what else you have to say and be open. I want to hear what, what all you have to say. Okay. <laughs> all right. Bye ladies. Bye. Bye. So I was saying, yeah, I want to get back. I want to get it back in, you know, let's get it in. Yeah. Um, but I'm also not there. I didn't say that I'm, I'm also on um, the hormone therapy. I was a hundred percent hormone positive. So I had my ovaries removed. So that was four surgeries for cancer. I also had an infection like Christina, not mm -hmm. all the way to necrosis, um, but it did have to, I have to remove an expander. So I was half flat for a while. I had a unilateral mastectomy with an expander and then I was just one. So just uniboobing it for a few months. I had my deep flat reconstruction, which is the abdomen tissue that they take to build a new breast. And I had that done just about four months ago. So physically I'm still completely numb in my entire yeah. torso, yeah. like my entire, my, like, I don't, I have a rebuilt new belly button. I can't feel it. Like I can't feel my, oh. my pants are on my, my jeans are buttoned. I can't feel any of that, you know, in addition to the lack of sensation on my actual breasts, my mm -hmm. left breast was my natural real one, the non-cancer one, but okay. I had them do a breast lift to match the new newly reconstructed one. So I had it on both sides, which means drains and surgery on both sides. I also had to lose my nipple because I had, um, you know, extreme tumor size. I was stage three at the time and all my lymph nodes. So I decided, which was my plastic surgeon said I was the first person to ask him, but I decided to remove my other nipple too. Oh, so on my healthy breast, I wanted symmetry even more yeah, right. than the traditional look. But keep in mind when you're making these cancer decisions, sometimes you're at the clock, right? You're yep. making yep. them and you don't have a lot of time. And mm -hmm. I, I kind of was, I, I'm clearly not still thinking sexually, but at the time I was thinking, I just want symmetry. I want my body to be somewhat similar again. I want to, mm -hmm. you know, I just want to get back to something. It, it didn't occur to me then, how am I going to live my life without nipples? <laughs> you know, like you just, I thought, oh, it's convenient. I don't have to worry about bras. But now I'm yeah. in a different world right now. I'm like, well, yeah. but it, I, I can barely feel anything when I touch my whole chest. And now I don't even have the whole nipple part to enjoy and play with and use that as foreplay like that. Oh, that's gone. You know, mm -hmm. yeah. so I don't know how to quote unquote start things up again. It's just it's different that the starting is the starting is hard. Yeah, so I think, you know, I, I don't regret that I decided to take off the nipples. I like the shape of my new breasts. I'm sure someday I'll have some feeling, you know, that's great. Yeah. But right now I'm just kind of like, what am I doing? What did I do? Mm -hmm. Who right. am I? That's not mm -hmm. me. So it's a lot of looking in the mirror naked. It's a lot of dancing around and trying to feel myself move again. Because also after mm -hmm. surgery, you're just trying to get back into movement, right? Yep. Just trying to feel that. It's a lot of like doing yoga again to feel how things stretch and move and reminding myself that I can be limber, that I can mm -hmm. stretch, that I am not breakable, 
you know, mm-hmm. like I don't want to be yeah. timid and scared when I get back in there. I want to roll around like freaking thunder, right? I don't want to be <laughs> like nervous about my baby body. Like, you right. really, like I'm trying to do those things because if I'm not ready to just roll into the sack, okay, fine. Let me just like roll around by myself, mm-hmm. which isn't always sex, but it's just, you know, getting back into it, that kind of thing. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and looking all the time. So I, I don't keep shocking myself with the fact that I have Barbie boobs, with no nipples, you know? Yep. Barbie you know, boobs. I will say though, just briefly three things that no one warns you about with deep flap your nipples are permanently hard like they just <laughs> always poke out so i have if i'm picking up kids at school i have to wear a bra because i do not want to be that mom where they're like look at this bitch coming in. <laughs> they're like that, right we all know that um but also they don't tell you my pubes are so freaking high because they raise your abdomen <laughs> Oh no! And I bought this cute pair of underwear the other day, and I'm like, "This is so cute! It's pink. It's a thong. It's gonna be lovely." Girl, look like I had a wig coming up off the top of the underwear. Hey! And I'm and I, I'm, and I mean, I, I trim, I do all that stuff, but like they don't tell you, and no one thinks like I didn't think to ask that. Um, no, but I was. Gonna, well, yeah. Now you know, ladies. If you have deep flap, ask about how high your pubes are going to be. I got one for you when you're done. I'm getting, I'm getting Keep going. Flaps, so. Keep going. That was number two, right? Yeah. What's yes. number three? What's number so, three? <laughs> so they don't. Um, they don't like. No one tells you about, you know, like you need to have sex and you know try to keep it going or whatever. It's like this is your surgery. You have your ovaries out. Goodbye. Go out into the world. Um, but they would, when I would bring it up to my doctor, when she'd say, how are you doing? I'm like, well, my sex life is shit. Like, what are we doing? What can we try? And she would say, well, you know, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And I'm like, what the hell does that mean? Mm, So then I'm talking to a woman and I realize if you don't have sex, well, and I think actually Dr. Goody touched on it in the podcast Mm -hmm. that you're basically like your vagina starts to like close at the top. And then you have to resort to dilators. Oh God. So how are you supposed to have sex if it hurts, but you have to have sex to be able to have sex in the future? Like, it's not really like, this is not, you know, there's a disconnect. Yes. So like, how how do you, so like, then you have to make yourself have sex, but then you start to, you know, equate sex with pain and then you really don't want to have it. So yeah, we need some kind of research or doctors to get on this because this is not, this is not working. I, my doctor told me that masturbation would, would help that as well. So it's not necessarily that you have to have, you know, sex with a partner, but masturbation would help with kind of keeping things active and alive. Um, so I did end up buying a um, one of those, oh God, the name escapes me, but it's got like the little clitoral stimulator, um, like kind of like a little vacuum. Um, and oh, I tried yeah. it a couple of times and I loved, I loved it, but like it, for me, it's like, like Mariah, I want to get to that place where you are, where it's like, I think I want to, I want to take care of myself right now. I do have a four-year-old, which makes things extra difficult, mm-hmm. but yeah. Yeah. I, I think you could do, you know, self-pleasure could be part of that. For sure. I, I think so as well. Um, with me, I don't necessarily like penetration right now Mm -hmm. so most of my Mm -hmm. masturbation is clitoral stimulation Mm -hmm. and so I have like a bullet that I use Mm -hmm. and every once in a while I might insert it um just to do it just to see if I'm like if I enjoy it anymore honestly at this point Mm -hmm. um but that's the hardest part about it like they don't 
they don't tell us when we're making all these decisions because you have to make them quickly because mm -hmm. you're like thinking, oh my gosh, if I make the wrong decision or if I don't do this quick enough, something else can happen, that your mind at that point is trying, your goal is to survive it. Right. Not mm -hmm. thrive afterwards. Right. And yes. it makes it frustrating because you're like, you're done with all the chemo and radiations and surgeries. You might be on your hormone therapies and stuff, but you're like, well, now what? Because I still don't feel like how I used to feel. Mm -hmm. um, how do, and it, and another thing that's not talked about a lot with it all is as we've been talking about the most is people who don't have, have never had our, have never had breast cancer in particular, they don't realize that everything happens so quickly that the body dysmorphia that you get from doing all this takes forever to go away. Great. Because you yeah. had, yeah. I, mean, I had huge real boobs, huge. And that was a part of who I was in my identity for so long. I hated mm -hmm. them growing up at, because I was sexualized for them. And then I was like, well, they're not going anywhere. Ha ha. And <laughs> all, so I was like, well, let me, let me embrace them. And I embraced them and then wham, I got cancer. So then I'm like, well, mm -hmm. hold on because most of my identity is in this body part of mine. Yeah, and then you have same. to get them removed. And then you're like, I was telling my uh, plastic surgeon, I'm like, well, can we go bigger, bigger? Cause like I was wanting to get back to my normal size. And he was like, they're going to be so heavy if we make them the size that they were because I have, I have uh, saline and he was like, and I, I agreed with him. I listened to him and I'm happy with the size I am now, but that takes so much time No, because you do everything just to get it done. So you can finally breathe. And when you yeah. breathe though, it doesn't, it's not the same air that you were breathing before. Isn't Great. it true yes. that, yeah, like so many people, <clears throat> um, when you're done with treatment are like, oh my gosh, you're back to normal. Isn't that great? Aren't you so glad to be done? And nobody understands or talks about, I'm so glad you said body dysmorphia, Maria, because like, yeah. I had to find that language on my own. Nobody in my care team or my treatment team said you know, a lot of women suffer from body dysmorphia after this. And here are resources for your, I still haven't found a trained therapist, yeah. like a, a therapist who knows about my specific need. And so it, again, we, uh, why isn't this included? Because body dysmorphia is really hard to overcome, mm -hmm. especially all by yourself. And it mm -hmm. affects your sex life. Um, you know, I, my husband tells me all the time that he knows I see myself differently than he sees me. Mm -hmm. Right. right? Don't, don't we all wish we could be a uh, Miranda's husband who liked her squeaky dolphin hairless naked <laughs> mole rat girl. Was I like, still sure up on it? Like, yes. yes. He sure was. That's why I say like in my <laughs> instance, it's me. It's not him. And yeah. um, I want to be like Mariah. Cause I like on the other um, baddie to baddie podcast, excuse me. Dr. Goody said, you walk differently when you know you can provide your own pleasure. And I see it. I oh, see it yeah. in the way you're speaking, Mariah. I see it on mm -hmm. your Instagram. Like, mm -hmm. we need to have a checklist of what we need to do. You know, Mariah's tips for being queen of pleasure. One, two, three. Let's do it. We're going to print it and send it out to everybody. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. But I was wondering, like, uh, just with all the surgeries, like we all have like, you know, different aspects of positive and negative. What's the craziest 
story uh, besides my pubes popping out of my underwear. Oh, Anybody I have a crazy story? I got one more about the deep fat reconstruction, which is for those of you who don't know, again, is from the abdomen. They remove your tissue fat and skin, right? From below your belly button to above your crotch. And apparently that same area where some of us have happy trails, which means your new reconstructed boob is now hairy. No. Yeah. Yeah, it's fuzzy. So I've got like one Muppet boob that's got fur and one like regular boob that looks super healthy but has no nipple by choice. And now I'm looking at myself like, did I do that on purpose? Like, why did I do? I mean, I'm die. I would love to just show y'all right now, but it's a podcast, so it's not the same. But you hit me up later, and we will flash each other because oh, it's we don't just have nipples. Like, what are they gonna why? say? Woo, just, just it's like furry. Like, what is that? I've heard of that happening, yeah. and I the only thing I can think of to tell people is to get laser hair removal. Yeah. Because you have no sensation, so it's not going to hurt, right? That's true. Oh, yeah. That's true. I also oh, have no care, true. so I'm just going to leave it. And then there you go. Yeah. That's it, right? Like, you can just, like, pet it when you... I just don't pet know. it. Oh, my baby. For oh, soothing purposes. Yeah. My little baby. People will be like, what is she doing? Um, I do have to be careful um, talking about, like, surgery things. I have a lot of um, like muscular problems around my surgical area. And so I've been working with a massage therapist and she's kind of taught me some self massage. Um, and I have on occasion caught myself just like doing that self massage, but like in public, right? Like it's over my shirt, but like, I'm, you know, I'm who cares, no. who cares? Um, but yeah, probably cares? the grossest thing that happened to me was, I mean, it was definitely the, the melting nipples. We like photo documented it and then put it like a hidden folder because we were like, I can't, like, like we couldn't believe this was happening. But then also the open, like I had like a seven inch open wound and you could like yeah. see inside my body. So that, those were unexpected. <laughs> yeah. Just, just a little bit. You know, a little thing. Just, just like seven inches of unexpected. It's fine. <laughs> the, the wrong kind of seven inches of unexpected. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh girl <laughs> I just took me a minute to get that Mar Mar Mariah got that one before I even said it I, I knew it was take. coming uh -huh. <laughs> there it um, is I will say with having um, saline implants they didn't tell me this and I don't know if anybody else has this problem if you know people and like they listen to this please tell them to message me um, when I lay down like, you know, when you have your natural breasts, they like go off to the side when you lay mm -hmm. down. Mine morph completely into like triangle type things. Oh. And when I get up, I literally have to shake my implants back into shape. Wow. They do like a triangle type thing. So I sleep with a bra, like a sports bra at night to keep them together. Because if I don't, they're either suffocating me or they're triangle like cones off to the side and it's the weird i have to legitimately shake them wow yes and i'm like i tell my uh that and then another thing don't ever do this because this wasn't the smart thing to do <laughs> i decided to take something out of the oven topless okay oh, oh lord girl and woke up the next day and noticed that I had a burn from where it burned me and it was black. I thought I got paint on me somehow. Oh, and I woke up the next day and I was rubbing it and it was skin that came off. Oh, I didn't know that I burned myself. Yeah, oh, I've heard yeah. that happen many times. Many yeah. times. Did not know, did not yeah. know at all. And I was like, oh my God, this is terrifying. 
Yeah, I don't have that problem because I'm flat and my stomach sticks out farther. So if I'm gonna burn anything in my stomach, <laughs> you feel it though. Yeah, I mean, but I do. I'm looking into getting deep flap done, so I'll note it for later. So I I would say deep. I'm happy with it, but um, like most women, my nipples were probably my most sensitive. Like I loved, I love the sensation of being touched. Yes. And there's nothing there, especially because I breastfed because I have kids. So yeah. they would be even more sensitive. And anyone out there, if you've had children and you breastfed, a lot of times during sex, you have this automatic response where your breasts will start to leak. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if I can have my boobs leak on my partner, then there's really nothing else that's kind of like off the table. Like he doesn't care. He's just, yeah. like, you know, whatever. <laughs> Right. That's probably like the saddest, the saddest aspect. I mean, I, did, I know. Does anybody else mourn the loss of like nipple play? Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. The, yeah. I was yeah. all I could think about when they yes. were telling me they were going to take away my nipples. Yes. I mean, I, I guess like, I could, you could clamp the nothing. I guess I could just clamp it. But there's nothing feel it. You can feel it. There's nothing going on. I hate that because that was my main way to segue into foreplay mm -hmm. was nipple play. Yeah. And obviously, like the kissing of the neck and everything like that. But this mm -hmm. area, mm -hmm. that's was my main what, area too. Yeah, yeah, was what I was all about. That's what would get it going for me. And the fact that I don't have my main hot spot anymore, mm -hmm. I'm right. like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm willing to get creative, and we're gonna find another one when I yeah. get to that point with a partner. But I, it's just weird. It's like that used to be what my hot spot was. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, anytime if, if my husband just wanted to get it on, he could just put his arm around me and just start, you know, playing yeah. with my nipples. And I would be like, okay, I'm here, you know, like, <laughs> and that's totally, yeah, we will yep. find, like you said, we'll find a new one, but like, it's just something. And then Miranda spoke about breastfeeding and this isn't what this particular podcast is about, but I would like to have another kid and you know, that was hard too. Yeah. But, um, but still, it's just um, people don't realize people mm -hmm. again, people just think you're happy to be alive. Yeah. Aren't you happy you're not dead? Yeah. And it's like, well, yes, I am. I mean, yeah. obviously, but, but, quality but to be alive. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Right. Yeah. To feel alive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not just being alive. It's feeling yeah. alive. Yeah. And also like discovering new hotspots. Like I just discovered that Mar Mariah shaking her boobs when she wakes up in the morning is maybe going to do it for me. <laughs> The way, the way she talks about it and those of us who can see video, I'm just saying. <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> I'm curious if any of you women, if you um, use toys before and now you use them more or maybe you never use toys and now you do. I know Dr. Goody spoke about um, you know, not having like this huge giant dildo because it's kind of off-putting and starting with something small. Um, me personally, like I said, my husband's down for whatever, like he, he's going to kill me if he hears this, but he has a little bag, his toolkit is what I call it <laughs> in our drawer, in our bedroom. So he very discreetly will go and get the toolkit and, you know, hide it under the pillow. And, um, so we have little things that help because kind of like you, Mariah, like, I don't really always want penetrative sex, mm -hmm. but if we can kind of do something else, maybe, you know, like change it up, then it's a little bit easier, but yeah, I'm just curious about the whole um, toy aspect with you ladies. Yeah, I mean, my whole kit has been kind of dormant only because I've been not excited about things. 
and I haven't gotten anything new, which I think is a sign. Uh, the yeah. fact that I'm not out there buying or looking or excited about getting something new. I, I think maybe I might have to do that for myself just to trigger myself into thinking those thoughts yeah. again. So yeah, maybe that's too. a really good idea. I haven't even thought about that, you know, so that's, I love that idea. Yeah. It sounds like I'm going to have to go shopping here soon too, because I have one, I have a bullet, like I was saying earlier for mm -hmm. clitoral simulation and everything like that. Uh, I just need to, it's, I don't care that it's taboo to talk about sex, clearly. Um, but it's, I don't know if I need to like walk into, you know, a adult store and ask the people working there, like what they suggest. I do know sex coaches though. So I can just go ask them and say what they recommend. But mm -hmm. I do like my bullet. It does what I need it to do for me. And when I was having sex with partners, I, if, one red flag for me is if personally they didn't like if they thought the aspect of using a toy during okay. sex with us was an issue right. because this is not a toy to make you feel inferior about yourself. Right. This is a toy to help us all out. So yeah. if you feel like this is if this makes you insecure, then I don't then that's not a we can't be together. Yeah. Um but I obviously use the toy more than I do having a partner because I'm a partner right now. Mm -hmm. But I, I feel like if I did have a partner, I would still implement the use of toys. Does anybody watch 90 day fiance? I know it's trash. I mean, yeah. yeah. Yes. I yeah. have watched did it. Yes. Did you see the episode where it was an older white woman and she was going to marry the, I think he was from like, um, Oh gosh, I can't think of like the Emirates or something. So they, she went to visit him and she busts out this toy and he's like, no, no way, no. And it was like this huge, crazy thing. And here's this older white lady like, what, what's the problem? Like, you know, we're going to have fun. And yeah, <laughs> it was crazy. Like if he would have just gave it a chance, he could have seen that they were right. having had fun, you know? Right. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I would just say like, I'm also, my husband's totally open to trying things. We just haven't gotten to the point where we have, and we've figured out what works for us. But I think that's sort of next steps for you know reopening our sexual relationship but goody did have some stuff i was i was on her web page yesterday when she was talking i was like she's talking about all these things i need to mm -hmm. see what they look like i mean we do get a discount um do it discount. just just try oh, one just you know, i think i'm gonna place an order for a couple of things for you know to try and please remind us of this discount code christina yeah baddie b-a-d-d-i-e i believe got it um maybe um marissa can confirm in the chat um but i'm pretty sure that's what yep it's baddie b-a-d-d-i-e um and her prices seem pretty reasonable to me too yeah. um so i think i'm gonna try that and that actually i think leads really nicely into sort of our like our closing um topic of um tips and tricks or you know kind of what tips do you have in for other survivors in terms i know we've talked a lot but if you have a recommendation or if there's something like myself that you're thinking about trying that would you know maybe encourage someone else like oh you know i heard somebody say they're going to order some toys to try with their partner um i also am seeing marissa saying take a class goody has classes on her I site. Saw that. And I actually mm -hmm. am thinking about taking one because um, I'm just really curious to like hear an expert's advice about it. So 
for me, like any sort of tip or trick that I would say is just put yourself out there and, and give it a try. That's the stage I'm at right now. I, and, um, the other tip I have is if you have a long-term partner or any partner, actually, that talking about it and couples therapy is totally, totally helpful. Um, we just did a few months of couples therapy, you know, sort of once things had settled down to specifically address this and did it fix our sex life? No, that wasn't the point. The point was to, to give us the same language, um, to, to talk with each other about it. Mm -hmm. So I think those are my two big things, but, um, yeah. I would say take yourself out to a nice dinner. Live lavishly in it. Drink, yes, eat good food, it. do courses if you need yes. to. Yeah. Take yourself home afterwards. Take a nice bubble bath. Candles lit. Some nice music. And then either look in your look in the mirror and look at your body and see what mm-hmm. you love and appreciate your body parts and then take that to whatever room they don't have to be the bedroom whatever room you want to do this in and just touch yourself and reconnect with yourself mm-hmm. those are my main things like yeah. know what you like about yourself and what makes you happy mm-hmm. and because i'm a sensual person already so i have to set the whole mood for the day to know what I'm about to do later on. Mm -hmm. So I just encourage people to take out that time for yourself because sensuality is just as important pleasure than sex is. Mm -hmm. So if you do all the things leading up to sex and -hmm. you don't have sex that night, so be it. Guess what? You enjoyed yourself. I love it. Yes. But But if you did do more than that, that's even better. I want to live a day in your mind. I love it. I love it. That was so good. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Jess? Uh, I I have two things. I would say the first is <clears throat> reminding yourself that this isn't permanent, whatever you're in right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been uh, in menopause, chemical menopause from chemo, instantly right into surgical menopause from removing my ovaries. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm in it. But it's now been a year and one month since my um, ovaries were removed. And I'm finally starting to let uh, make my own moisture and wetness again. That's great. Not, oh, yeah. There's I'm not, exactly. I was just like, you know, this is my desert right here. Welcome to yeah. nothing. But now it's finally back to somewhat normal. There's just some natural lubrication happening. And it just shocked me. And it's only started happening like this month, right? So you just never know. What I'm saying is nothing's permanent. We feel like we're stuck in these horrible, weird situations of the body we don't recognize, but it's you're still growing. You're yeah. still changing. Mm-hmm. There's still hope. There's still chances. There's still learning and other things, right? So it's not permanent. Nope. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. That's awesome. And the second thing was, like I said, just I don't I think it's important to not treat yourself as fragile. I'm really trying to get out there. And, you know, I'm, I've got the stiff joints, so I struggle walking. You can't tell that by just looking at me or hearing yeah. me, but I struggle with walking and balance because of my neuropathy in my feet, the joints in my legs. So yep. <clears throat> I'm not smooth. I don't have swagger when I walk. I'm not cool. Um, sometimes I can't literally get out of bed <laughs> right away. Um, mm-hmm. But 
I needed not treat myself as fragile. Mm -hmm. So by throwing myself around, by tumbling around with my dog, uh, by falling down, uh, by letting myself stretch or get hurt, those things are reminding me what my body can do. And I need mm -hmm. that right now, you know, because yeah. that's going to help me with phys physicality in general is going to help me. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Such good advice. So I have quite a few tips that Ooh, I have been let me hang on, get my I'm ready for this. Things that have worked for me and also things that have not worked for me. So just like Jess, I would say I had no issues with lubrication ever with my husband. In fact, it was almost like a little too much. Like I would worry that he would take a long time because it was too wet, right? And then obviously menopause, ovaries, bam, you're done, Sahara, all that, right? So I noticed it took me about two and a half years or so to where my body started, like you said, making its own moisture. So like right now, just within the past few weeks, I'm back to where I was. Like we don't even, I would oh, say we don't okay. need wow. lube, but Dr. Goody says we should always. Everyone lube. needs lube. Yes. Yeah, and I, always I made a point of her of reminding myself when she said that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would just say patience, give it time. Like your body has to adjust and hormones level out and you know, you, it just takes time to kind of get a little bit better. It's not going to happen overnight. Obviously it's going to take time. Mm -hmm. um, but some of the things that my doctor recommended were um, testosterone. I tried it. Oh. It didn't work for me. I know a lot of women that have had success with it. Um, oh. It's just like a little, like a pea size amount you put on your vulva. I think like every day for two weeks. And then after that, it's like once a week or something. I don't know, but some women really like it and it, it works great for them. Um, also vaginal estradiol, um, mm -hmm. or estrogen rather, um, that also helps to kind of keep your skin and your vulva like nice mm -hmm. and supple. So you don't have any kind of like discomfort or tears. Um, the only issue with that is that with some doctors, you have to be blood tested. There is a very, very like minute chance that this cream can actually go into like your actual bloodstream and body. Um, but they sometimes some doctors want to just kind of do blood tests just to make sure. But it's yeah. been proven to help with um, libido and, you know, friction and all that good stuff. Um, also, I always tell women vaginal moisturizer and lube are two different things. You need a moisturizer. Mm. Lube is only for sex. Moisturizer mm. is for you. It's to yeah. keep everything nice and smooth. And you don't even need to use it for sex. It's just, if you're going to bed, if you're doing Mariah's routine and you take your bath, get a little bit of moisturizer, stick it up there and just leave it and just mm -hmm. kind of let it go through. So I know we had, um, Christina and I have used Femme Pharma. We mm -hmm. got that to try. I also really like V Magic because there's no junk in it. It's very, very thick. Like I can't deal with the droopiness and then I mean, yeah, yeah like droopy, uh -huh. but also when you're trying to be spontaneous, the last thing you want to do is fill up this fucking plunger and like, oh, hold on, let me do this, <laughs> you know, but the good thing about some of the moisturizers is that they just absorb and you don't have to worry about it. Mm -hmm. But I would say do it at night, obviously, so it's not goopy, messy, gross, right? One of the things that I also read about um, through a sex therapist, her name is Dr. Jordan Rulo. She talks about sensate touch and sensate focus. Mm -hmm. So that is more about not having sex, but introducing you and your partner to the feel of touch. So one of the things she said, like, remember when you were 14 and you have this person 
and you're kind of just getting into like the whole sexual aspect, how excited did you get when they touched you? Yeah. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like just your shoulder or like, oh my God, you know, he's holding my hand or, mm -hmm. you know, oh, she's looking at me, like whatever mm -hmm. it is. Right. So sensate touch or sensate focus is kind of bringing that aspect back into mm -hmm. your adult life, like focusing on the touch and just how it feels, not penetration. You're mm -hmm. touching this person for you. You're not touching them for them. And I thought, man, isn't that like a great thing yeah. that we have sex and it's always like they're going to do for me and I'm going to do for them. But the whole point of the sensate is just for you, yeah. you know, mm. like the texture of the person, how soft their skin is, if they have hair, you know, their smells, all that stuff. So I would definitely look into sensate focus. Yeah. Um, my therapist recommended that my, our couples therapist recommended that. I've never tried it, but I mean, it's, I mean, you can read all about it. It's got like really good. Like a lot of people have a lot of success with it. It's just mm -hmm. getting your partner on board. Sometimes that might be the issue. Um, one of the things my husband and I used to do too was schedule sex. And I know that's kind oh, of crazy. People, yep. I know it takes spontaneity out of it, but it's like, if I knew we were going to have sex that night, then it was like, you know, I was a boxer, like, okay, I'm going to get myself in the game. Like I'm going <laughs> to and, you know, maybe have a drink or not cook dinner and not worry about cleaning, you know, just kind of using mm -hmm. that day to kind of focus on what do I want out of that night with him? What do I hope I get out of that night with him? Mm-hmm. And that, and not to be like, you know, a male partner with anyone, any sex life, any partner, right? right? Um, but the magic for me, and I don't know if you have all tried it, is just good old fashioned THC. Yes. Mm -hmm. mm. <clears throat> I'm in that church too. Yes. I mean, it, it, uh, I don't smoke because I can't smoke because I have children, but we do, I have gummies, have a connect as the kids like to say, <laughs> but it, you know, it relaxes you. <laughs> It gets you out of your head. Yep. It lowers your inhibitions. You know, you're not like so focused on like, what do I look like? What do I feel like? What they, you know, like that whole aspect of it. It just makes you more relaxed. It makes you more open. Mm -hmm. At least for me, it does. I know a lot of people don't have that issue. And then I sleep like black ass, deep, no thought, nothing sleep. And it is <laughs> so awesome. I'm jealous. Yeah. 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 The my only problem is the cotton mouth. How to, like, that's that's the part that gets you gotta life. just girl you gotta keep so this water. is what we do i, I keep a cup of water next to my bed yeah I keep a bag of chips because i know i'm gonna want like some water water yeah. or something right um but yeah definitely just you know start out at a low milligrams mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. you know how you like it how it affects you some people i know they just get super sleepy they can't deal with it some people get nauseous but I mean, I think if you have someone that can help you, at least with gummies, give it a try. Yeah. Yeah. I know people say CBD. I don't know if you ladies have ever used that. I I need THC. CBD doesn't do, you know. Well, yeah. CBD is a longer term thing. So <clears throat> it's really hard to notice effects of it unless you're kind of doing it as a regimen. Yeah. And then people start to notice other effects that are, again, more long term. Yeah. <clears throat> but the gummies, I do that. And what's mm -hmm. so great is if you get to the point where it's full body tingly, it doesn't mean that that part is the sexy part, but it does mean that if someone's touching you, if you're touching yourself, you're not as much noticing which zones are working oh, or not working, yeah. which oh. parts are numb or not numb, because you're kind of all tingly all over, but you're mm -hmm. still sort of going through the mechanics. Do you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Mm -hmm. And then yeah. you 
you can find sensation in different ways, plus the whole out of your head thing, which is great. So um, absolutely yes to gummies if you can, or some yeah. sort of version yeah. of THC. I think that's way better than even like drinking. Cause what happened, I mean, you know, so many people are like, oh, you know, a couple of glasses of wine might get them, you know, in this mood, but I don't, I don't know how many times I think that. And then it's like, I, it's just, we call it whiskey dick. I call it whiskey dick. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, like I can't have an orgasm. I'm not, you know, I, I've, it, the wine just sort of, it made me more like relaxed and ready, but then it took away my ability to, it gave me my whiskey dick. Yeah. So, oh, so uh, that's a good point. Um, one of the things I liked about uh, using THC gummies or edibles mm -hmm. is that it also took away the fact that I wasn't then going for the goal. So I no longer yeah. felt like the pressure of this oh, moment yeah. is for the yeah. orgasm. You're just kind of like, whatevs, I'm in it, yeah, you know? And, you're just, right. and because you're in it, that also lets you let go and not, there's no structure to that. There's yes. no pressure on you, you know? And I think that's a really great idea too. So yeah. if, if, you know, alcohol does that for you or something else does that for you or whatever, that's great. But that right. works for me. And I like that Miranda brought it up. Yeah. I would just say, don't give up. Try, try, try. Yep. Yep. Right ask support groups, um, get on forums, you know, make it a point to tell your doctor. I mean, I told her every single time it's shit. You know, I don't, we're not, this isn't working. Yeah. Have you ladies ever heard of the pink pill? She offered me that. So mm -hmm. basically no. it's like an anti-anxiety, antidepressant. I don't know. It's like female Viagra. Oh, so it works more like serotonin and all that stuff, but you cannot drink on it. Otherwise you get low blood low blood pressure and you die. So I'm like, no. Like sexual happiness or death. Like those are your two choices as a yes. woman. Yeah. Like you cannot drink zero. I'm like, no, I did not go through chemo and all this stuff to not have mimosas at brunch. I'm not doing yeah. that. It's like here you can have sex or you could die. Yes. <laughs> but that is a roller coaster. If you don't drink then that might be an option for you. So don't I don't know the name of it. I just know, yeah, it's the little pink pill. You can do a search on the internet for it, but that my biggest piece of advice would be just like, don't stop asking. Yeah. Try new things. If it doesn't work, mm -hmm. that's okay. Like it's okay. Just try something else. Yeah. And you know, vacation sex is always good too. Like everybody <laughs> knows vacation sex. Well, that's true, but you know, I don't, I'm currently, I don't even pee alone. Ah, uh, yeah. So bless your heart. <laughs> um, but I have support and actually speaking to that, if you have young children or children who are in the way, um, find your support group. And like, I, my family happens to live nearby and I'm really lucky that my mom loves to, you know, take my son usually like on Sundays, she'll go, you know, she'll, she'll pick him up. She'll have him all day. And Miranda speaking to like scheduling sex, like, even though it's not spontaneous, we know that that would be the day for us to try something new or, you know, because we can just set aside the time and know that, you know, we won't potentially traumatize our kid.
But <laughs> even though it's not spontaneous, you can still do everything that I suggested earlier to lead yeah. up to it. Yeah. Very and true. there is something kind of, I personally have always been this way. I've always kind of liked knowing. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I would just know because it was like, oh, I'm going on a date with him. So I'm probably, you know, but I, I, I would spend the day thinking and like getting myself into this like sensual, you know, mood and, and it really made it a lot better for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. So, well, um, unless there's any like last things to say, I think we're going to wrap it up. Um, it's been a great conversation. Thank you so much, everyone for yes, absolutely. your you. candid, you know, information and just being willing to be open and honest about it. I think more women need to be talking and hopefully by hearing this, mm -hmm. other women will find their, um, their group to talk to. And I don't know Thank about you guys, but you're always welcome to ask me questions. Um, so, um, you can find me at honest to Christina on Instagram. Um, the two is T O not the number two. Um, where can our listeners connect with you guys? So you can find me on Instagram. It's Mariah Crenshaw, but it's spelled phonetically instead of the typical way. Y'all can figure that out. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's funny because I will say a quick thing about that. The reason why it's spelled phonetically, not just because I uh, didn't want certain people to find me, but also because I had an incident one time where someone said they thought my name would be more complicated than what it was. Yeah. So oh. I made it that way. So that way they could be sure to sound it out. Yeah. Oh, 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 your racism mm. is showing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> God. Um, well, I think we can also put your um in your handle in the um notes about the podcast. Okay, cool. If you guys don't mind. But Jess, where yeah. can we find you? Uh, I'm under Jess Miso, like the soup, miso soup. So Jess Miso, uh, come talk to me, ask me questions that I know nothing about. I don't mind. <laughs> me too. Welcome to my Not About Sex at All podcast. <laughs> what about you, Miranda? So I get questions about this, but my handle is Merlor Degon. And no, I'm not, it has nothing to do with the Lord or Jesus or none of that stuff. It's just my name, my whole name. It's Miranda Lorraine De Hoyos. Gonzalez. Oh, I'm Hispanic. We got long names. You know how yeah, it goes. That's so. true. That's true. Yeah, it's just the first three letters mm -hmm. of it. Um, as a parting gift to you ladies, I would like to share. I almost forgot to mention this. Um, there's a website. I think it's called Venus, and they sell lingerie, but it's it's sexy but classy, and it comes in every size. And yeah, speaking my language. So cute. I mean, some of the stuff is a little on the pricier side, but uh -huh. they have good sales. So definitely, yes, Venus. Okay. I don't it's women's clothing or something. I'm not I don't I don't know the actual website, but we have um one little kind of silly question for everybody since we're coming to the end of our awesome talk. Hot tamales or lemon heads? Oh, I'm a lemon mom. head. Definitely. I'm a Molly. I'm a I, don't really, I don't care for either, but I'll do a lemon head. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I guess hot tamale because of cinnamon. I like cinnamon. Yeah. But <laughs> how yeah. about both at the same time? What's that taste like? Oh, Lord. Is it supposed to be like while we're giving oral sex or just. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> or maybe I'm just candy fluid and I like all of them. <laughs> there you go. Candy fluid. <laughs> um, I mean, 
I'm willing to try anything at this point, ladies. So <laughs> you try that, Christina, and then report back to oh see if uh, what's better, the whiskey dick, the sour dick, or the spicy dick. <laughs> okay. I'll report back. There. Yes. <laughs> yeah, look for a written report about and with statistics and everything. Love it. Um, That's the best ending. It's, a, it's our happy ending. <laughs> There's your happy ending. Um, well, thank you everyone for listening and make sure you like, share, and subscribe and also leave a review. Those um, good reviews really help us out. So, um, so you like, share, subscribe to Baddie to Baddie and you can do that wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. So... Thank you again. Thank you, ladies. And uh, we'll talk soon. All right. Thank you. Bye. This is another Baddie Creation brought to you by For the Rest of Us. Don't forget to subscribe to Baddie to Baddie wherever you get your podcasts. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram at For the Rest of Us, on Twitter at The Breast of Us, and check us out online at breastofus.com. Thanks for listening.